Tonight, I believe that God is calling the sons of living hope to arise. Y'all seen Braveheart, right? Y'all seen Braveheart, right? Now, I love how William Wallace starts off his speech because he says, sons of Scotland. Sons of Scotland. And I've often thought about that, you know, thinking about our church and the way we see ministry. And a lot of times we have the idea that we're sons of God, children of God. But when it comes to being sons of living hope, a lot of times we don't see ourselves that way. We don't see that God has brought us to this house, has even birthed many of us in this house, not just by the moment of salvation, but really by establishing us in the teaching and our identity and who we're called to be in him. And there's a certain power and there's a certain mentality that overtakes your heart when you see yourself as a son of a certain type of family. Now, when William Wallace was calling the sons of Scotland to arise, there was such a deep sense of pride that rose up inside of them. Because through their heads, they thought about the centuries that their fathers and mothers have lived on that land. Throughout their hearts, there must have resonated the thoughts and the memories and the stories in which the fathers and mothers have spoken to them before they were born and even before their fathers and mothers were born. And so when William Wallace says sons of Scotland, and when he begins to speak to them, they're not just echoes in their heart the things that they experienced in their lifetime, but everything that everyone who ever went before them experienced that was in their family line. And not only in their family line, but in their country line. There was a sense of pride that rose up. And many times when we look at the body of Christ as men, we, we get proud in certain areas, but we see pride as a negative thing. Now, there is a type of pride that is negative. God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. But there's also a sense of pride that stands with a sense of determination and determines in, in his heart that I will not be moved. I will not be shaken. This is who I am and this is who I will die as. And this is what I will die for. And when the sons of Scotland arose, there was a sense of pride that rose up inside of them as well. When they were willing to lay down their lives, they were willing to risk everything. They were willing to leave their families at home for a certain time period and say, look, it's for your betterment. It's for your good. It's for the good of our future. It's for the good of our children's future. It's the good for the good of our children's children's future. That I go and I take my stand as a son of Scotland and I stand on the battlefield to do, to make war against an enemy that is trying to come against everything that we have ever stood for. That is trying to not only pillage our homes, but rape our women. That's trying to take our children and dash them against the stones. That's trying to rob them of their future and rob them of their God-given inheritance. But many times as men, we don't rise up as sons of God or sons of living hope that way. For some reason, men in the church seem to be considered pushovers. They seem to be considered punks. They seem to be considered weaks. No matter, matter when they enter into emotion, they seem to be considered sissies or they seem to be considered girls. But you cannot tell me that a man who stands up and is willing to risk his life and put his heart on the line and not only his heart, but everything that is dear to him on the line. You cannot tell me that that type of man is weak. King David, when he's getting ready to die, he looks at his son Solomon in 1 Kings 2, and he says, Solomon, show yourself to be a man. Show yourself to be a man. Show yourself to show to yourself and to the world what a man is. And when I look at, when I begin to read that story, when I begin to look at what was going to establish Solomon as a man, you know what the first thing you see in that chapter? 
The first thing that was going to establish Solomon as a man, Solomon as a son of David, as a son of Israel, as a son of Abraham, who's a son of God, the first thing that would establish Solomon as that type of son, as that type of man, was Solomon finishing the work of his father. You read chapter 2 of 1 Kings and you'll see that the very last verse after Solomon took care of a number of things that his father told him to do. He said, Solomon, show yourself to be a man. And then he gave him a list. Take care of this. Take care of this. This person mocked me when I was living. This person blasphemed me when I was living. Shank him. Make sure he doesn't stay alive for very much longer. Take care of this. Put this in order. Show yourself to be a man by finishing my work. Show yourself to be a man by finishing the work that God gave me to do, but I wasn't able to do it in my lifetime. And you see that at the end of that list and at the end of that chapter, it says that Solomon had now firmly established the kingdom or the kingdom was firmly established under Solomon, but it was after those things were completed. I want to ask you, have you shown yourselves to be sons of living hope? Have you shown yourself to be men of living hope? And the one way we answer that question is by this. The dreams that God has given our spiritual father, have they been established in this house? The vision that God has given our spiritual father, have they been established in this house? Show yourself to be a man, Solomon. Take care of this, 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 and this. Show yourself to be sons of living hope. Show yourself to be men of living hope. Take care of this, take care of this, take care of this, and take care of this. And I'm not saying this to manipulate, manipulate you into doing what Pastor Benjamin has asked us to do. Nor was David saying it to manipulate Solomon into doing what he wanted to be done. David was proclaiming that over Solomon because David knew that Solomon was to complete the work that David had not yet finished, but it wasn't David's work. It was God's work. It was the work of the Lord that David was doing. And it was the work of the Lord that needed to be finished. And it was the work of the Lord that was going to be finished, not just through that father, but through the son who was supposed to show himself to be a man. And we see in uh, Psalms 127, I've been sharing that. God's been stirring this psalm in my heart. And Solomon wrote it and says, unless the Lord builds a house, the labors labor in vain. And to me, that's such an important psalm because David, Solomon, he was the one that established the kingdom. He was the one that finished the work of his father. He was the one that built it. He rallied the men of Israel together. He rallied the women of Israel together. He was the one that established the temple, that which his father longed to establish himself. He was the one that expanded the influence of the kingdom of Israel far beyond David could ever expand it. But yet Solomon writes this, as a son of David, as a son of Abraham, as a son of God, and as a man, Solomon says this, unless the Lord builds the house, the labors labor in vain. The first key in understanding, the first key in building is ultimately recognizing that God is the ultimate builder. God is the ultimate builder, but the way that he builds is through sons. The way that he builds is through sons. And Solomon understood this. And if you continue to read that passage, that's why Solomon says sons are a heritage from the Lord. They're inheritance from the Lord. 
Blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. Why? Because it's through sons that the Lord builds the house. And he was saying it from personal experience. God gave my father a vision. My father had a passion to build him a temple. But God didn't do it through him. He did it through a son. He did it through one who would take the father's vision, take the father's dream, and say, it's not just about what I want. It's not just about what I think is best. But it's about the work that God had already predetermined to take place. And he's chosen me to be in this lineage. He's chosen me to be a son of David. And not only a son of David, but the son of David that will sit on the throne. And I can't just take that calling. I can't just take that predetermined destination that God has for me and put it to the side. I have to rise up and recognize that God's the builder of the house. But he's choosing to build it through me, a son. Each of us have a part to play in the building of this house. And the first thing that we got to understand and establish in our heart is that God's the builder of it. But God gave the vision to this man. God gave the vision to this man. He gave the dream to this man, just as God put the passion in David's heart to build the temple. That wasn't just David's own desire. You think David was born with this desire, I want to build a temple of the Lord? That was a God-determined desire. That was a God-ordained passion that stirred up in the heart of David from the moment he was worshiping in the field to the moment he was serving on the army field to the moment he was then established as king of Israel. It was something that God stirred up inside of him to do. God determined before the foundations of the earth that that passion would arise inside of him. And it wasn't going to be through David, but it was going to be through his son. And when we look at the church, when we look at Living Hope Christian Center, Sons of Living Hope, you have to establish in your heart, it wasn't even originated with this man. The passion for the, what, the work of the Lord in this house wasn't originated with him. The vision for this house and for what God is going to do in Emeryville and throughout this Bay Area and throughout the world through the Sons of Living Hope, it wasn't predetermined by him. It was predetermined by the God of him. And until you establish that in your heart, you're going to keep clamoring for position. You're going to keep clamoring for title. You're going to keep clamoring for what you think is best or what you want to see done. Until you settle in your heart that it's the Lord that builds the house. And unless he builds the house, the labors labor in vain, then you will never be able to take the place that God determined you to take. You'll never be able to enter into the grace that God destined you to walk in. Ephesians 4 tells us, But Christ has given us grace. He's apportioned it to every single one of us. Before you were born, before you came, became a son of living hope, God determined that there will be a grace on your life to help the building of this house. To join with him, to co-labor with him, to be a co-labor of Christ, as Paul explains it. To join with the Father in the work of the house in Emeryville, California, to see it established and to see its kingdom grow. Not just because of the pastor, not just because of the leaders in that house, but because God predestined for that house to be an establishment of his kingdom. To, for it to take the regions, for it to go beyond the city of Emeryville and beyond the Bay Area, beyond California, beyond the U.S. God determined that this house would be built. And again, we have to choose in our hearts to begin to step into the grace to step into the grace, to understand that God not only determined that it would be built, but that he put a grace inside every single one of us. Ephesians 4, but to each one of you, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. There is a favor that's been placed over your life. 
There is a divine empowerment that has been placed over your life for the building of this house. You continue to read this passage, and Paul speaks about this grace, and he says, through it, the fivefold ministry begins to, begins to take place. Through it, there's the apostles and prophets and pastors and teachers and evangelists. But why do they exist? Why was that grace apportioned to every single one of them? Is it was given to some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, and some to be pastors and teachers to prepare God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. That it may be built up. This grace was apportioned over your life because God determined that his body would be built by who ultimately? Him. Because unless the Lord builds a house, the labors labor in vain. But because God determines to build his house through sons, Christ has apportioned the grace to every son to enter into. He's apportioned a divine empowerment for you to enter into so that his body may be built up and may be established until all reach the fullness of him and reach maturity in Christ who is the head. And Paul makes it very clear that every single one of us can choose to either apprehend this grace and join in the work of the Father for the building of his kingdom and the building of his house, or we can choose to allow that grace to be given to us in vain. He makes it very clear that the grace of God has already been apportioned. Jesus apportioned at the moment of salvation. There's been grace placed inside of your life for the building of your house, but you have a choice. Are you going to apprehend it? Are you going to choose to allow it to work inside of you? Or are you going to choose to allow it to be pouring into your life in, with vain, in vain, with vanity? He says this. Paul, he gets at a place where he just determines. I mean, I can imagine him thinking when he recognized the work that God did, when he recognized the work of Christ, and he begins to understand that grace has been given to him, I could just hear it in him saying, I will never allow an inch, an ounce, or a piece of that grace in my life to sit on the shelf. I will never allow any of the grace that God has poured out on my life to be given to me in vain. I will never allow the grace of God that was freely given to me, but with great expense. I will never allow it to sit on the shelf and look me in the eyes and say, what the heck are you doing sitting on your butt? He says, God's grace was not without effect. It was not given to me in vain. But I worked harder than all the apostles. I built harder than all the apostles. I put my hands to the plow harder than all the apostles. Yet not I, but the grace of God working in me. He determined in his heart, I will not be one of those sons that watches my brothers go to the battlefield and stand on the front line and chilling, kicking back and relaxing and just saying, go do it, guys, handle it. The minute I enter into the grace of the body, the minute I enter into the grace of the body, I enter into the building of the body. Without choice, when I come to Christ, without choice, there's been a grace that's been apportioned to my life. And there's a calling now to be a bodybuilder. There's now a calling to enter into the work of the Father to build his house. And Paul chooses in his heart and says, never will I sit on the sideline. Never will this grace be poured out to me in vain. I want to ask you tonight, has the grace of God been poured out in vain over your life? Have you allowed the grace of God that's in your life to sit on a shelf? 
Have you allowed the grace of God to build up the body? Have you allowed the grace of God to establish other sons and daughters? Have you allowed the grace of God to take your place and to work and to put your hands to the plow? Have you allowed that grace to sit on the shelf? Pastor Dyrell looks at me today and he says, man, you're a, he said, you got heck of stuff going on and you're just in beast mode, bro. And I was like, yeah, bro, we got the conference this weekend. He's like, but man, you're always in beast mode. I said, man, it's the grace of God working in me. I've determined in my heart that I will go as hard as I can, but yet not I, it's the grace of God working in me. And at every moment that I feel physically tired, I'm going to say, God, you've placed the grace inside me. Let me tap into it. Let me apprehend it. Father, there, my body, I mean, Navy SEALs say you only use 20% of your brain capacity. You only use 20% of your physical capacity. But yet we're crying because we're a little tired because we had one long week. And we don't want to pray. And we don't want to read our Bibles. You're a punk. You're not living as a son of living hope. You're not living as a son of God. You're not accessing the grace that God placed in your life. You're allowing it to be poured out in your life in vain. I got to keep it real, y'all. Because we are not sons who are weak. We are not sons who do not have strength. We are not sons who do not have calling. We are not, I mean, I was, I was looking on Facebook. I looked on Facebook the other day and show, someone showed me something. There was this post and they, they talked about famous failures. And they said Michael Jordan tried out for a basketball team in high school and, did, and got cut. Went home crying but became one of the greatest NBA players, if not the greatest NBA player to live at all times. The Beatles, they had a record label and they got it revoked. And the person who was in charge said, this band has no musical potential. They, can, they don't have the potential to be, to be rock artists at all. They were released and let go. Revolutionized the music industry. Oprah Winfrey. A weather anchor fired from her job and says she has no potential to be on public television. One of the greatest talk show hosts of our age in the world. Now, these are people who have not tapped into the grace of God. But yet they revolutionized our world. And we're sons of living hope, sons of David, sons of Abraham and sons of God. Yet we punk out. We don't want to dream big because we're afraid to fail. We don't want to get cut from basketball teams and cry ourselves to sleep so we don't even try out. We're afraid to go and get a record label. We're afraid to even pick up an instrument because someone might say we suck and laugh at us. And then if we do get cut from the label, we give up. Men of God. It's time for us to rise up. When this man gives a charge, when King David gave a charge, Solomon knew that it was a king with authority that was giving it to him. It was not only a father, but a king, a king in the kingdom of Israel and the kingdom of God. He cannot let that directive fall to the ground. But yet we've been given commands and we treat them like their suggestions or opinions. We need to rise up. We need to stop leaving the grace that has been poured on our life on the shelf. 
If God said we'll do greater works than Jesus did, if he said it through his son, we need to be slapping ourselves. We need to be pushing ourselves and one another to a place where we begin to pursue that. If God has given us grace for the miraculous, is God, if God has given us grace for deliverance, grace for freedom, if we're not seeing it, it's not because God has not given it to us. It's because we have not apprehended it fully yet. But it's not because God doesn't want us to apprehend it, nor is it because God hasn't determined for us to apprehend it. Many times it's because we give up far too easily. We give up far too easily and we allow it to remain in the place where it gathers dust. One of the saddest realities in our world and in our histories is that of all the potential lying in graveyards today. All of the dreams that went undreamt. All of the visions that went undone. All of the honey-do lists that never got to. All of the relationships that could have been but never were. All of the thousands of souls that could have been saved but were not because some have chosen not to enter into the grace that's been poured out on their life. I want to challenge you, men of God, and I want to challenge you, sons of living hope, to establish in your hearts tonight that the Lord is the builder of this house. Because when you establish that in your heart, every offense, every qualm, every disagreement, you begin to place in an area where it says, it doesn't matter what I think, but it matters what the builder of the house determines. Solomon may not have agreed with everything that David did. He may not have agreed even with everything that David want him to finish. But he placed that on the shelf that says, who cares what I think? And he said, the Lord determined that this was going to happen. The father, this was his vision. And this was the work that needed to be established. A lot of times, you know, I was reading, a lot of times we think about, well, what about me? What about my dreams? What about my passions? Who cares? If they're from God, they're going to happen. Do you believe that in all things God works for the good of those who love him? Do you believe that God knows the thoughts and plans he has for you? Plans to prosper you and not to harm you, give you a hope and a future? If you really believe that, you'd become a lot more selfless. If you truly believe that, you would stop whining every time you don't get the opportunity you think you should get. If you truly believe that, you would just shut up, suck it up, and begin to enter into the grace that God has for you fully. I mean, I can imagine Jesus saying, Father, but I want to heal these billion of people that are walking around because I know I have the power to do it. Hold on, Father. You want me to step into this one area around this pool and just heal this one man? All right, hold on. Father, you are tripping. I don't really like that plan. I don't really think that's the best plan for saving the world, Father. I mean, pretty much I could just touch everybody right now who's sick. and they, I don't even have to touch them. I could just think it in my head, Father. I could just declare it in my heart and it'll be done. But you know what Jesus did with all that? 
He put it on the shelf so that who cares? It's not about you. Sons who truly begin to build the house, they recognize that any dreams and any passions that are from God will flow from the vision of that house. They will flow from the establishment of that house. They know that if in God's timing, they trust in the timing of the Father. They trust in the vision of the Father. They trust like Abraham that the architect and builder of the city that he was looking to was God. They trust that he is the builder. And unless he builds the house, I will labor in vain. He may say, you stay up late. You stay up late and you work and you get up early, but it's worthless. A son who does not determine to build the house that the father has placed him in, their toil is in vain. Their work is in vain. All of their tasks are in vain. All of their efforts are in vain. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to stand before the father one day and him say, Joseph, yeah, everything you did, you stayed up really late. Man, countless hours, countless hours working on admin, countless hours working on conference stuff, countless hours working on local outreach and pastoral ministry. You know what? Yep, that was all in vain. Burned up. And Paul said that's a reality in Corinthians. Everything's going to be tested and tried by fire. And what's really not of the Lord is going to be burned up. And the only accolades you're going to get is that sense of pride that you felt when you finished it because you thought you did a good job. It's time that as sons of God and as sons of living hope, we begin to recognize that God is the builder of this house. And if we will lead, the people will follow. When Solomon, who was a son established by his father, the king, when his father spoke these things over him, and then the people saw him finish the work that his father determined for him, everyone in Israel knew that he was king. There was no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Even his older brother was extremely jealous because he knew his younger brother Solomon was determined king. And he was finishing the work of his father. When you step into that, the city around us, the people of God around us, the men and women around us, they're going to begin to see that you are a son of this house. And it's firmly established. And it's unquestionable. And the authority of our father, spiritual and heavenly, the authority of our father is going to flow through us. Everyone's going to acknowledge it. Everyone's going to know it, and everyone who doesn't, they're going to pay for it. And that's what happened in Israel. If they didn't pay for it with their lives, they paid for it by not partaking in the rule that was established through the son, and the peace that was established through that son, and the wisdom that was established through that son, and the abundance that was established through that son, the fame that was established through that son. And I don't, want, I don't know about you, but I don't want to be one of those. I want to be the son that steps into that. I want to be the one who enters into the grace to build the body the way that God determines me to build. I want to be the one that rises up with a healthy, healthy sense of pride and say, God's called me to this house. I'll finish with this. It's taken me years even to grow in sonship. And I'm still growing in it. 
the last trip that we went to Indonesia, Pastor Sunny, when we're at the airport, she tells me, you got to take it. PB looks at me, you got to take it. I hadn't planned to lead the trip, and it was only going to be for a moment. I, I've led other trips before this, led about five trips a year before. But in my heart, I was determined that Pastor Sonny's going to lead this trip. Cool, man, that's it. That's good, you know? When you're leading the trip, you have a certain mentality. When you're not leading, you have another mentality, right? So I was just like, on the other mentality, cool. You get to chill a little bit. I don't got to rebuke nobody. Don't got to get up at 5 in the morning and pray. I mean, probably still should have did that, but... There was a sense of relaxing me. But the minute she said, you got to take it, I was like, oh, snap. Everything inside of me, shoot. I was ready. And as I led the trip, when I was there during that, the, those two weeks, the Lord spoke to me and said, Joseph, you're not acting like a son of this house. I was like, what? I was like, Jesus, hold up. You know what I'm saying? Let me just break down my track record, all right? See, I was going to go here, but you told me to stay here. I was going to do this, but you told me to do this. I want to do this. PB said no, so I didn't do it. What are you talking about, Lord? So what about when PB told you to start that blog? It's like, what? God, it's just a blog. Come on. I don't even really got anything to write, you know what I'm saying? I mean, I'm just barely speaking English, okay? <laughs> what, what do you want me to write this blog, God? Didn't your spiritual father tell you to do it? See, yeah, but I'm really busy, right? I'm doing everything else he asked me to do. Didn't your spiritual father tell you to do it? Dang. When you're in services and PB and Sonny are there, you put yourself down. You don't, you don't step up with confidence. When they're not there, you know you're supposed to do it, so you, you go hard. But when they're there, you just you go back into the shadows. Didn't I show you a vision one time when I was building some stuff and you were sitting on the bench and I told you that you're called to help me build the house? Yeah. Why aren't you helping them build? And just God began to slap me. And I'm just like, dang, God, you're right. Just because I do tasks in the house doesn't mean I'm helping build the house. And just because I show up to service does not mean that I help build the house. And just because I lead in ways that I think I should be leading does not mean that I'm building the house. When you fully submit and when you fully come under the visions, when you fully come under the dreams of the father and mother of the house, that's when you begin to build the house. Because they've submitted to the vision of the father for the house. They've submitted to the dreams of the father for the house. So I'll pour my, my spirit on their sons and daughters and they will prophesy. Your young men will dream dreams. Your old men will see visions. Your dreams come, the young men's dreams come from the visions of the old men. You want to dream God types of dreams? Catch their vision. You want to see big things happen? Catch their vision. You want to see the dreams of God fulfilled in your life? Catch their vision. Stop running after your own. Stop saying you don't have the strength for it. Stop making excuses. Stop saying you're too busy. You are not too busy. You are not busy. Look at each other and just say, I am not busy. Some of y'all, you're just lazy. Can I just keep it real? If you want something that you really want, meant to be redundant on purpose. If you really want something that you really want, you will do every stinking thing that you can to get that junk. Some of us do it with sports. Some of us do it with food. Some of us do it with money but we won't do it in the kingdom of God. 
you better start tapping into the grace that's been given you. Stop making excuses. Stop looking to others. Stop pointing the fingers. Solomon, when he got that charge, he wasn't like, but dad, what about this dude? Solomon wasn't looking, but dad, what about my older brother who's living rebellious right now? David, son, do this. This is what you're supposed to do. Me and my brothers all the time, my dad would be like, go clean the bathroom. But dad, what about Josh, man? He's over there hanging out. Did I tell Josh to go clean the bathroom? No, dad, I'm about to go clean right now. You know what I'm saying? We need to begin to rise up. When the vision is spoken, when things are declared, when PB gives a word over you, when Pastor Sonny gives a word over you, when the Lord declares a prophetic word over you, you need to take it and say, I don't care if he's cleaning the bathroom or not. The word was for me to go clean the bathroom. I'm going. And I'm going to trust that they're going to do what God calls them to do because I'm building my part and God's going to build them up as he pours out his grace on their life and they're going to build their part. And together, we're going to reach maturity in the head who is Christ. Are you ready to be the sons of living hope? Are you ready to rise up? Will you stand on the battlefield that day? Will you stand on the battlefield this day? Will you stop making the excuses? Will you see God as the builder and stop seeing Pastor Benjamin as the builder? For some of us, that's the biggest hindrance. I'm gonna just keep this real. For some of you, you see him as the head of this church and he is not. Jesus is. He is the authority here. He is the spiritual father here. He is the one that we're called to submit to here. But Jesus is the builder of this house. And so when you rebel against him, you rebel against Christ. When you rebel against the word that's been declared over you, when you rebel against the prophetic vision that's been declared over you, when you've been rebelled against the calling that's been declared over you, you're not rebelling against him. He don't care about controlling you. He don't care about whether you're doing this or whether you're doing that. What he cares about, are you entering into the grace of God that's over your life and entering into the building, the part of the building that God's called you to enter into? And if you do that, it'll make it easier for him. And you won't have to trip off him being on your back or any other leader getting up in your grill because you'll be stepping into the grace. You'll be living as that son and then you'll be activating other sons to walk in the grace that's on their lives as well. It's time for us to rise up. Let's just open our hands to the Lord. Father, God, we thank you for your word. We thank you that these sons are an inheritance from you. I want you just to declare that over your life. I want you for a moment just to begin to declare, Father, I'm an inheritance from you. I'm an inheritance from you, Father. I'm an inheritance from you, Father. I'm an inheritance to this house, God. I'm an inheritance to this house, God. God, I pray that you would firmly establish it in the sons right now, God, that they are an inheritance to this house. Listen, you are an inheritance to the house of living hope. Sons are an inheritance from the Lord. Every single one of you are an inheritance to this house. You are riches of this house. You are the treasures of this house. You are the value of this house. You are an inheritance to this place. And Father, I release your sons to begin to live as the inheritance that they are today in Jesus' name. Father, I release them to walk into the building process with you like they've never have before, God. You declared, Lord God, through Pastor Benjamin, that we are in a Solomonic era, God. We are in an era of building, God. We are in an era of establishing. You declared that a couple months ago, God, that this is no longer time for war. Though at first we would take our place at the front line of the battlefield, but now we're taking our place at the, Lord God, we're taking our place at the construction site.
We're taking our place at the construction site now. We're entering into the building process like we've never have. Lord, I declare the sons of this house are rolling up their sleeves. I declare the carpenters of this house are rolling up their sleeves. Lord, I declare, Lord God, the, 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 the mason workers of this house, those who build the bricks, they're rolling up their sleeves. Father, we declare that those who, who Lord God, are the craftsmen, those who work with wood, they're rolling up their sleeves. Father, we declare in the name of Jesus that we are walking in it. No one could take the place that they, you've called them to take, and no one can enter into the grace that you have apportioned to them. Father, we declare that as sons, we're going to enter into the grace that you've apportioned to us, Jesus, and we're going to help build your house, and we're not going to rely on the five-fold ministry alone. We know that you gave them that ministry to prepare us, Lord God, to build up your body. We know that you've given them that ministry to prepare us for the works of service so that your body may be built up. God, these sons of living hope are going to arise. And Father, right now, we just repent. We turn from selfishness. We turn, Lord God, from excuses. We turn, Lord God, from seeing ourselves as small. We turn, Lord God, even from the busyness of our days and the activity that we've allowed ourselves to enter into and has occupied the time that you have determined for us to reserve for building. We repent from that now when we turn to you, God. We, Lord God, we repent from, Lord God, seeing ourselves, Lord God, as those who are not an inheritance. We change the way we think now, Lord God. And we enter into those who are sons and who are royalty and who are here to establish the work of your kingdom, who are here to build your house and are here to establish, Lord God, the vision that you've given the father of this house, Lord. God, we thank you that it's beginning with us. And we thank you that this rest of this year is going to be, Lord God, a time that has been unprecedented in the history of Living Hope Christian Center. These next four months of this year, God, are going to be months like we've never seen. There's going to be building that takes place in this house like there never has. And it's because it's your time now, God. And it's because the sons of living hope are arising. We thank you, Father. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 One charge to you tonight. Begin by building right in front of you. When you go home, when Nehemiah gave the commission to the people of Israel to build the wall, he told them to build right in front of them. Don't think about heck of new projects right now. You build what's right in front of you. You build in your home. You build in your relationship with the Lord. And you build in this house by pumping Abba Conference. Yeah. I'm going to just be real. That's the vision of the Father. That's the vision that God gave him. If you're not building it, you're in rebellion. That's the vision. But it's not just for this house. It's that sons and daughters may be released in their calling, in their giftings, in their passions, and their God-given sense of destiny. We're going to enter into that. Amen. Amen. I love you guys. Bless you. Sons of living hope, we're going to arise.